Welcome to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. As always, thanks for joining us this week. Now, as you listen to the show, I really want to help people change their mindset of that word sales from that icky vibe, really so that we start thinking about selling from a place of love, care, and respect. And if you're not doing that, I'm telling you, you're leaving money on the table. You're slowing your growth. You're slowing your business growth. So to help you on your journey of changing your sales game, I have my free gift, which is my communication style assessment. You will get two reports, one spotlighting your natural communication superpowers, i.e. how people perceive you as you communicate. Flip side, you'll get a low score, which is usually one of our blind spots. You'll get a report for that as well to kind of shine a light on that blind spot so you can make a choice how to navigate when you're speaking with people that are opposite from you. So again, that note, that link is in the show notes and that is my gift to you. And I truly hope it helps you change your, your sales game. Now, my quote today is by the amazing, wonderful Martin Luther King. And he said, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. And if you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. Now, for 20 years, my business has really been in growth mode. Sometimes the next step to achieve that growth was easy and clear to me. Unfortunately, at other times, I felt unsure about what um, about where to focus and, and comes from that, the commodities, right? Of time, money, and my effort. Well, today's discussion is about how to survive the growing pains of your business. The number one thing that may be holding you back from being successful in your business growth, how to get the right people in the right seats and don't get addicted to more, get addicted to better and just so much more. Now, today, my guest is Dr. Jean Ausler. Uh, Dr. Jean, also known as the results queen, Big exclamation point on that one has a PhD in business psychology and is considered one of the country's top business consultants. She's also a top rated speaker and a world class business performance coach. She is also the author of Give Up Your Goals and Results Are Yours. As an entrepreneur herself, Dr. Jean is on a mission to help business owners get what they want from their business. So Jean, Dr. Jean, thank you so much for being on. And I, I truly am excited about our conversation today. Well, Connie, thank you so much for having me on. And I'm super excited to be talking to your audience. So thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Uh, my pleasure. So here's, I know in some of the information you sent me, you have a caveman brain that you talk about. Can you define what that is for us? Yes. And I will tell you also how I figured out about it. So caveman brain actually are amygdala. It's an almond shaped part of our brain. It sits in the back. Some people call it lizard brain. Uh, There's lots of gator brain, lots of other ways of calling it, but it's really from when we were cave people. And the whole idea of our amygdala is to protect us. Think of fight, flight, or freeze. And it only knows what it sees and what it hears. It's actually constantly scanning the rise and looking for danger. So as you and I are talking or your listeners are listening, they're actually, the brain is just scanning, looking for danger. And if it hears something or sees something, what it does is it will release chemicals in our brains to either fight, flight, or freeze. It's important to know that. Here's the thing. I can't say amygdala 14 million times a day. So I just started calling it my caveman brain. And so it's, it's my caveman brain. And once I started figuring out why my caveman brain was preventing me from being more successful in 
business development and business growth of my company, I then started teaching people about Caveman Brains, teaching my clients. And that came to be Caveman Brain Business Growth System. So all of us have it. It is hugely impactful in our business development and our business growth. I love it. So again, Caveman Brain versus what was the, the I can never say the the Amiglia. Amiglia. Yes, Amiglia. Right. Say that a million times. So I get it. Plus the caveman brain, it that whole phrase defines what we're talking about. So I love it. I'm a visual learner and that just makes so much sense to me. So let's let's take a step back then. How does how does the caveman brain really impact that business growth that we're seeking? Well, think about what you say to yourself. I mean, even when you started the conversation, you said that, you know, people don't want to be pushy, salesy, or aggressive, right? That's one of the biggest fears. And I often say sales is a four-letter word, although my daughter will tell me it's five. But the fact is that, right, she's like, mom, it's really five. I was like, well, okay. But it sounds good, doesn't it? And uh, the fact is, is that when we're in new business development, we don't want to be pushy, salesy, and aggressive. Like, And I often say to, to people who are in business development, have you ever been accused of being pushy, salesy, or aggressive? Because if you have, then that's a different story. But most of the time, people have never been accused of pushy, salesy, and aggressive, right? And yet we have this big fear. Well, where does that fear come from? It comes from caveman brain. And once we understand that, now what's interesting is when I speak about this, caveman brain comes from four places. It comes from your parents, it comes from your culture. It comes from your childhood and your life experiences. So if you think about how we've talked about sales forever, and we talk about the used car salesperson, now I don't know about you, but I've watched, I've bought several used cars from like CarMax. They mm-hmm. were not slimy or salesy at all. They were lovely people who were just doing. So where did we get this used car sales? person from? And then why do we all think that we're going to turn out to be this used car salesperson? And that's something that we've carried from our childhood or from our culture, our parents, our life experience. And then that um, has an impact on how we go out and do business development. And it's interesting because I think that part of where that icky sales has come from, it's twofold. Number one, the movies, right? Wolf of Wall Street, you know, in the 90s, remember Glenn, Glenn Gary, Gillen Ross, always be closing. They depict salespeople as these kind of icky dirtbags, right? The other piece, I think, of the puzzle is at some point we've been sold something that we thought we were getting one thing and we actually got another. So that maybe it wasn't the person's intent. Maybe they were misinformed. Maybe I misunderstood. But I walk away thinking I got duped. They ripped me off because of those movies. So I think it's it's um, I'm not saying it's it's truth. I'm saying I think that's kind of where that generate that that icky generates from. And I, I just share one quick story. I was teaching a class yesterday and one of the gentlemen is in the marketing department. We were talking about the use of agenda in sales, right? To keep you grounded, not to not to be so structured that you don't have a fluid conversation, but to ground the conversation so that nothing falls through the cracks. And he said that he's been on the receiving end where vendors come to him as the marketing division head to try to sell him things. And he said, it's clear that their agenda is all about what they want to sell, not 
not about what's going on at the organization he works for. And again, that's that icky sleazy because it's about them, what they're selling versus about the client. So I get it. And then that caveman brain, it gets reinforced, right? When we do have these experience up, see sales, they're dirtbags because we reinforce <laughs> through that caveman brain. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's just fascinating. Right. And, and one of the things about caveman brain is it's always about us first. So if you think about typical salespeople, they come in selling because it's about me and my product. Let me sell you. What we teach is that you, if once you tame caveman brain, it's never about you. It's always about the person across the table, right? right? And yep. how can you help them? That's right. And, and when you're coming from a place of help and you come from a place of curiosity and you come from a place of asking questions, You'll never be accused of being pushy, salesy, aggressive. And I'm sure you've heard of this. We, we teach something called the facilitator buyer. We say you're helping someone, you're facilitating them to a solution, whether it's yours or somebody else's. They came to you with a problem, solve their problem, right? It's make it about them and what they're going to get from you. And you can never be pushy, salesy, or aggressive if you're doing that ever. It, that's just such a great way to um, change the caveman brain, right? It's that just shift in perspective of how you approach sales or how you approach salespeople if you're on the receiving end. I love that. That's great. Now, yeah. how do how do we harness that caveman brain so that we can get better business growth? Well, the first thing is awareness. So you have to realize that you have caveman brain. And what's so funny is once you learn about caveman brain and understand it, we have a series of free videos that you can download from our website at cavemanbrain.com. And we, we teach it because we really truly believe that everybody in the world should know about their caveman brain and be able to uh, harness it for goodness as opposed to badness. So first of all, is awareness of it um, and aware of of it's about you as opposed to about the other person. And then once you become aware of it, you start to start using it as a noun and a verb and an adjective and an adverb because you're like, I'm caveman braining. And then once you realize that you can then switch the conversation and switch your thought processes from being about you to about being about them. And if you think like, for example, you're salesy, pushy, or aggressive, then you think to ask people, are, are you? Cause they'll, like, are you? As you said, your wonderful assessment tells you the good and the bad, the high and the low, as you said. So is the low really low? Go find out. If the high is really high, go find out. So a lot of times validation from especially your best clients mm. is really important because then you can say my best clients say like one of the things, the reason why I'm the results queen is my clients crowned me as such. They would say, Jean, you get us so many wonderful results. She was like the queen of results. Oh. And I was like, hmm. right. So how, and I heard that all the time. Well, what was I going to say? No, I'm not the results queen. Well, my clients told me such. So that's not pushy salesy aggressive. It's a fact from somebody else. And when you start to learn these things and caveman brain can be very subtle, whether you have been in business development as a newbie or you've been in for 35 years, it's there. And how do you become aware of it and then change how you're thinking about it and what you're saying in order for you to move forward? So awareness first, and then you have to hear yourself speak because often we're like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then you have to think, then you have to change the behavior. And those are the three things to better business growth. And but isn't that life, Jean? We if you're not aware and you don't self-assess and you don't discern where I am right now, how do you move forward? How do you grow? How do you make a choice of what that next? And and usually it's just take another baby step forward. But if I don't self-reflect, I don't even know what step to take to move forward. 
Well, it's true. And I, and I will tell you that caveman brain actually shows up everywhere in your life. Yeah. Uh, we just have, we just niched it down into sales because we find that most people in, who are doing new business development didn't ask to be a new business development and don't really necessarily want to be a new business development or they're managing people. And how do you get the most out of your sales team? Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. So the fact is, and no offense and said, we love most of us are not as self-aware as we could be. So, and what happens is we do get stuck and when we get stuck, well, then how do we move forward? And yes, and sometimes it's easier to um, get to move forward than not. We actually have a four phase system that we teach that tells you where you are in the stages. And then when you get stuck, how do you get yourself unstuck? And often it's our brain that's keeping us stuck because it's trying to keep us safe. That exactly. So can you share what the four phases are? Does that make sense in our conversation? Oh, sure. Absolutely. So the first phase is alignment. And it, and listen, you can jump in the circle any place. It's not like it's, it starts, but we start with alignment. Actually, we start with mind junk, but I'll leave that to the end. We start with alignment. So who's your ideal target client? What's your stories? Where do you find them? And most of us who get that icky feeling around sales is because someone sold us and we were not their ideal client, which is one of the reasons why we felt sold to as opposed, right? Like, so that's alignment. And once you have alignment, then we have accountability and we teach you how to keep yourself accountable because the fact is, is that most of us aren't really good at that Mm. as well as motivated because sales has to be motivated. I, my daughter is a competitive equestrian. I read a book um, about pet equestrians and they said, humans are like horses. We're lazy and we have to be motivated every day to do something. The thing about yeah, think about that. Just think about getting out of bed, you know, motivating yourself to do something. So that holding yourself accountable and motivated to do sales. The third phase that we go through is expansion, which everybody loves being an expansion because then you get more of what you want. But you have to manage your brain through that because more is not necessarily better. And also sometimes we can't handle more. So how do we get through that phase? Which then leads you to mind junk. And mind junk, while the other three is, okay, my brain shows in all the other three, Sometimes we're just purely in mind junk and we just have to clear things out and we can't focus on anything else. And that's where you said you get stuck. Could you make one step forward? And sometimes you can't. But once you do that, you end up being back in alignment because now you know more about yourself or about your target audience. You're adding something new and then you go through the phases again. So and it's just phases. circular, right? It's it. This is not a one and done because life isn't a one and done, right? It's this yeah. evolution of self and who we're yet to become based on experience, jobs, whatever it might be, roles in life as they change, as we age, um, right? Going from mom or dad to grandma, grandpa, right? Or to be an employee, then to a supervisor or a boss. So yeah, I mean, we we are constantly evolving as well. So let's talk about, I love, I love the four phases, the alignment, accountability, expansion, and the mind junk. I love, I can't wait to get to the mind junk, but let's start in order the way you gave it to me. Talk to me when we go into alignment, right? What happens like, like the magic from that? Well, what's interesting is most people do not know their ideal client, like their science project. Do you remember when we were all in fourth grade and we had to learn about like whales or gorillas or volcanoes or something? And you knew every single thing about that subject. Most of us don't know enough about our our ideal target client. We just don't. And we can constantly learn more about them. And things shift, right? There are trends that, that make things shift. So the more you know about them and you can predict where they're going from. I mean, people love to know their futures. So if you can say like, wow, you're here now, 
And you are probably going to be over here based on my experience. They're like, really? They're like, yeah, right? Truth, you got it, right? So that is really important along with having the right stories because we find like so many people have the wrong stories. I was was at a networking group. This lovely accountant says, I specialize in business owners. I'm like, oh, I know business owners. I could help with that. And then he gave a story about a young couple with a baby and how he helped them with their taxes. And my brain, my caveman brain went, wait, what? And there's no alignment there. And so the brain just shuts down because it can't figure out what you're looking for. Yeah. Right. With clarity, with clarity comes results, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, I love that. Clarity comes results. I might have to steal that. You can see. So (laughs) thank you so much. So that's why alignment is so important. And so many people just want to blow through it because they're like, I'm ready to go. Well, if you don't, if you don't have the right messages to attract the people to you, you don't mm-hmm. have to always go out and push and find, and you don't know their pain points really well, and you can't talk to them, then how are you ever going to get them in your funnel, right? So that's the alignment part is really understanding, digging deep, understanding your tar- ideal target client, the stories where they hunt, what their pain points are, how do you talk to them so you don't sound sleazy and the messages you use. And this- then also- that, well, I'm sorry. I mean, I was going to say that that what you just said eliminates that pushy icky because you're not selling your someone's coming in ready to buy. It's just a different positioning. But if you're not in that alignment where you're not clear, you're throwing spaghetti against the wall saying, let me see what sticks. And you're not trying to be icky. You're just trying to make a living, but you don't know where to begin. So that alignment, that clarity, I think, is really, really critical. I love that as the first step. Ah, oh, Connie, I I love you're speaking my my uh, my language. I love that. Then accountability comes along because once yeah. you have all that, you have to actually go out and do it. We tell people they just need about five hours a week to do really well in new business development. And most people are like, only five hours. And I'm like, yeah, you don't need a lot because once you know every, once you, as you said, you're aligned, and you and you do that phase, then it's about making sure you're going out every day and doing the right activities. Remember, I said the right activities. Sometimes people just go out and do any activities, yes. right? And then measuring those activities to make sure that you're getting the results from that, right? Then what happens is people are doing that and they feel really good about themselves. And now it's like, well, let's expand. And that's either like narrow and deep. So I really want to do more with my current people. Or I want to add some train car. We call them train cars. We want to add, you know, I'm here in this train car. I want to add the train car that's next to it. And I want to expand. So I want to do more. The challenge where that happens is that brain says, well, you only have so much time. Mm. And therefore, um, if you take on more, you're not going to be able to do that, which means then you're going to fail. So we're going to make sure that you don't do more. That's the expansion phase. And then what happens is invariably you end up after you've been expanding for some time, somehow you stumble and I'm not really sure how it does, but they all, we have clients have been doing this for seven, eight, 10 years. And they're like, I'm in this stage, I'm in this stage. And you end up in mind junk. And sometimes mind junk is three or four days. And sometimes it's four or five months. Mm. And, and you're just there kind of like, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going or what this looks like. And, and you get stuck. And sometimes it happens with external forces like your, your family or, or you're moving or something like that. Sometimes you get stuck that way too. And then once you get unstuck, because you do get stuck, you then end up being back in alignment. So that's and, and, the, and the circle goes on. So let me ask you a question about accountability. Are you finding, I'm curious, are you finding that more and more teams and salespeople that you work with that they're deflecting and blaming 
more than they used to, um, you know, maybe pre-COVID? Are you finding a little bit of a shift with that? I am. Are you? I am. Because that's, I am. I'm, I'm, I, it's interesting because it's always, and what I'm hearing, and I don't know if you're hearing this from your folks, but what I'm hearing from my peers is that the sales cycles become even longer. So there was, after 08, 09, sales totally changed. Yeah. Um, we had a much more educated consumer. Yes. And, and the way the sales process went, you didn't have to start at the beginning. You were kind of starting in the middle or even three quarters of the way through. Now with the pandemic and the shift in the economy and everything else, it's taking a much longer time for people to uh, make a decision. And what we've looked at from our research is, is because people are so overwhelmed with technology, communication, right? How many emails did you get in your email box today? Yes. And our brains are becoming so overloaded that we can't seem to move forward and our clients get stuck. And then what happens, and you might see this too, is our sales folks then get all upset because they're like, they didn't make a decision. And it's, so I say to people, did you talk to them seven times? Do you have an email campaign where you're sending a love note every week? You know, because it's research showing it's at least seven times, at if least. not 10 times, yeah. at least. Yeah. And research also shows that we as salespeople tend to ditch out like a, you know, number two or number three or number four. So it's, and, and we make up all these stories about the fact that they're not getting back to us. They're not making a decision. They must not. And those stories aren't truth. That's caveman brain. And unless you're potential client, we don't even call it a prospect. We call it a potential client. Unless your potential client tells you no, it's a yes until they say it's a, until they say no to you. So that's yeah. what we're fine. And and I'll tell you, I think there's so much noise out there because now everything is digitized before we started, right? I have it set so you come in and muted just because I have groups coming together. And then this way I can ask them to unmute one by one. I could say hello without a bunch of noise. And And you said, oh, it's so funny. Usually there's not, then there is and this technology. And we were talking about that. There's so much noise that we aren't even clear anymore about who our ideal client is, let alone how to approach them. Is it LinkedIn? Is it Facebook? Is it Twitter? Is it TikTok? Is it whatever? Fill in the blank. Is it through emails? And the other point that you made is we do not follow up. This is where I find a lot of my people glitch out. They'll follow up four or five times and then the story kicks in. Oh, now I'm being pushy. Oh, they're not going to want to hear from me. Meanwhile, if you send that email saying, I don't want to be a pest, I am diligent with my follow-up, has anything changed? And listen, this will be my last email until you're ready. I'm going to wait another six months or whatever that time frame is. 90% of the time, the client reaches back and says, I'm busy. Please, please keep following up. It's not you. It's me. And we go, oh, but our, if our, we let our story, the caveman brain, we wouldn't have made that last email or we wouldn't have made that phone call or text message or whatever. So we talk ourselves out of doing things. And then the deflection comes in. Well, it's the market. People aren't responsive. Everybody's busy. Nobody cares about this, you know, fill in the blank for whatever the story is. So, um, yeah, I'm seeing the same thing. Fascinating. Just fascinating. Right. And Connie, I love how you put it, because at the end of the day, that's all driven by caveman brain. And, and it's ours. Not even theirs. It's ours. It, so exactly. To, right. So we have to be able to tame our brain first before we can do anything else. And I don't care how many years you've been in business. This is going on everywhere. 
and, and every day you're you're combating it and try, so raising the awareness doing the self-assessment of self where <laughs> am i in this phase right of these four phases so that now i have clarity of what that potentially next step is or what i need and i want to ask about the mind junk phase so how do how do you help people kind of go breathe and then let, now let's peel back that onion to figure out what the next logical, most productive, time efficient, money efficient t- return on time and, and, and our assets. How do I get that clarity? Oh, well, it's so caveman brain is as I, the first thing you have to do is decide what is it that's holding you back, right? What's the you have to be aware. And what we ask people to do is to look through their childhood, their parents, mm-hmm their life experiences and their culture because there's something in there that's holding them back. Yeah. Um, often I get people whose parents do they bring home the test. They got a 97. The parents said, where's the other three points. And now they're still trying to get the other three points where like 97 is really okay. Yeah. Um, I will tell you that I'm, I'm Protestant. That's my culture. And we have Protestant work ethic and uh, idle hands, devil's work. So you always have to be working. Well, mm-hmm. being busy does not equate to being successful, okay. right? So if you start to use those four places to figure out where you're stuck, we often call that baggage. Mm-hmm. And that baggage no longer suits you. It's not serving you. So we're going to ask you to throw that baggage off the train and get new baggage. So it's really a lot of a self-assessment and identification of what are these things, these, these thought patterns, and usually they're false, are holding you back. And then how do you get rid of them? Now, interestingly, I worked with a Harvard neuroscientist. That's how I learned all about this because I was stuck. I was in mind junk. I was stuck. I hired four different coaches to unstuck me. I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm going to say it. And. <laughs> Um, one of them happened to be the Harvard neuroscientist. And when I started to learn about the brain and actually my brain was holding me back, amygdala, caveman brain, mm. uh, that's how I started this whole process. All of this is self-taught. And then I started teaching my clients and then we made a system because we didn't want anyone to be stuck in the way I've been stuck. And the idea is that we have these neurological pathways that we can actually collapse and create new ones. But if you have one that's been there a long time, that takes a long time to go away. So it usually takes 45 days to start a new neurological pathway. And depending how deeply rutted your old neurological pathway is how long it takes for you to close that down and, and be able to eliminate it forever. And that's what we do in Mind Junk. And, and that through the accountability of holding yourself accountable every day for those 45 days, you can change and get unstuck. And there, there's the, there's the path, right? There's clarity to that, but you have to take that first step, right? What's, what's the old saying? It takes once you have to start one step for the thousand step journey or whatever that is, you know, the quote I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand mile journey starts with, with, begins with that. a thousand yeah. mile journey begins with one step. Truth, yeah. right? Yeah, it is. It's truth, right? Um, When we, is there anything else that, so here's the other thing. I, at the end, I always say to my listeners, information is a beautiful thing. You're giving us all this great information or conversation, hopefully people like nodding their head as they're driving or vacuuming or jogging or whatever it is, walking their dog. Oh, this makes sense. This makes sense. What is a baby step or a start point? As soon as they're done listening to this, what would be an action step for them to start this journey of changing their mindset as it relates to sales? 
Well, the first thing is, is I would have them write down everything they tell themselves about, about biz dev, everything they're saying, just make a whole list and, um, and keep it on your phone, you know, like, and do it for a week, not like just one day, do it for a week. And then once you start to see all the things you tell yourself, the next thing we talk about is that opinion or is that fact? Mm. Because a lot of things we think is truth just really aren't. So the, so you can't, you can't validate your list. You have to ask somebody else to validate it for you. So whether that's asking your best client or your family members or your best friends, you ask them to say like, is this true about me? And if it is, could you give me an example or a story? Mm-hmm. And if it's not true about me, then what would make you think I think this? And validating that list, well, it sounds really simple. Uh, it is absolutely life-changing because a lot of things you believe really are not true. <laughs> so that's the first step. I love it. And that's such, we all have our phones. So that's such a good, as you think of things go, Oh, let me put that in my phone, right. Or dictate it into your phone. If you're driving and you have those beautiful brain blasts when we're driving, right. Cause it's a mindless, well, it shouldn't be a mindless act, but it is. And I just want to share before we um, run out of time, they had done research. Um, Diaz was one of the um, a scientists and it was based on Pavlov's theory of, you know, you put the food in front of the dog, ring the bell, then you remove the food, you ring the bell and the dog still salivates as if the, the food's there. They took it one step forward with mice and they did, they put the mice in the habitat and underneath they put a very little charge and they took a cherry blossom branch, put it into the habitat. And of course they put the little charge, the heart rate went up for the mice. And then they eventually, like Pavlog, put the cherry blossom in, no charge, heart rate still went up. And then but this is where they, this, this group Diaz, I think they're out of Switzerland, but they said, all right, let's mate the mice and see if without a charge, we put the cherry blossom in, if their little babies, the heirs have the same reaction. And it did, and it did, and it did no charge. They were not in, introduced to the charge at all, just the cherry blossom tree. They went 14 generations, uh, Gene, and still had that response. It was the 15th generation that there was no response. So what they've dis- dis- discerned from this is that humans, like, like mice, right, there's some similarities there. We are transferring beliefs from 14 generations ago, which you're talking hundreds of years. So no, I'm, I'm joking when I say this. Was the saber-toothed tiger still roaming the earth, right? If we go back those 14 or whatever the, the um, uh, animal was, what animal yeah. was, right? That, that we were afraid of because we didn't have the technology we have. So our reptile, or I was going to say reptilian brain, but our caveman brain is that 14 generations where we might be triggered by something that is not even true anymore. The threat has been obliterated, yet it's in our DNA from those ancestral, um, you know, memories or things. Isn't that fascinating? That is absolutely fascinating. It goes right with caveman brain. And I will tell you that I did a, a, a workshop in imposter syndrome for women. And at the end, this woman came up to me and she was crying because I talked about caveman brain and how it, it, it enacts with in, imposter syndrome. And she said, I've been, my daughter is just entering college and she has imposter syndrome and I gave it to her and I'm ashamed. Cool. And she's just crying to me. And I was like, oh, oh, oh my gosh. Like I, I was like, we can fix this. It's okay. It's okay. She goes, I have a younger daughter. I don't want to, I like, I don't even know if I can fix either one of them, but I want to fix them. And I, now with that research, that's just, it, it's there. It's so truth, right? 
So and, true. And, and think uh, about it, Jean, the, the, when <laughs> we have our own crap we're dealing with, like you said, oh, our parents or teachers or priests, whatever it is. Yeah. And now now you're telling me we go back 14 generations of crap like what? So when <laughs> that poor woman, my heart broke when you said that, because, you know, you're blaming yourself and you're feeling guilty. You're, I, I feel like we're doing the best we can with what we know. So have grace of self and say, oh, this makes sense. How can I make it better? How can I impact, in her case, the daughter that's in college and impact the younger child to not have that imposter syndrome? Um, we have to give ourselves grace. And I think we forget that because it's very easy to beat ourselves up. Cape man brain. That's beating ourselves up. Cape man brain. And I don't know about you, but I don't know why we want to. I always say to people like, why do you want to wear the hair shirt? Do you really want to like self whip yourself? Is that really what? Because who's doing it? No one's doing it to you, but yourself. So really, why is that helping? Is that helping you? I don't, is that serving you? Remember, we talked about that. Like crazy's crazy. Stop doing it. It's the caveman brain at work, right? Let's caveman brain at work. Great. I exactly. love it. I love it. Yeah. I love, and I, I know everybody's like, oh, this is so easy. Not easy to understand. Not easy to change because those four <laughs> phases, there's work in each of them. But change, there, there's always work in change. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes effort. So you have to want to make these changes as well. So all of my sales teams, all of my leaders out there, all of the executive um, folks, this is such a great way to approach shifting, again, that sales perspective. So I think you need more Jean in your life. Her website is, of course, cavemanbrain.com. Have we beat that dead horse for you? <laughs> if you do have an email or a question specifically for Jean, email her at Jean at cavemanbrain.com. And also Jean on the website, you have uh, like the free videos. I think you mentioned before. So There's a bunch a of cool whole, stuff. Yeah. So we have a whole bunch of free tools uh, because we really want people, if you're a DIYer, awesome, go to the website, download the free tools. They're done for you in many cases. Otherwise, they're worksheets that you have to work through. Um, there's videos for you to listen to so that can help you with Caveman Brain. We also have a course if you want to take a course to that will a self-directed course. It really helps our people as well. So love Caveman it. Brain will give you everything that you need to help you with your Caveman Brain. I love <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen, right? Amen. Jean, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. And here's the thing that I think I like about this, the, the caveman brain. It makes me giggle. It doesn't feel heavy. And it's mm -hmm. like, wait a minute, that does make sense. How can I work on it? It almost makes it uh, feel achievable by by getting control of it, understanding it, getting control of it, and then choosing to make those changes. So again, with clarity comes the opportunities and all the things. So to me, this is just a fun way to approach something that sometimes is debilitating to self. And, you know, we can lower the record player of our brains by understanding the caveman brain. So again, it, it just, it's a little lighter way to look at things. So I loved it. Thank you so much. It was a, a great show. I appreciate your, your time, your articulation of the caveman brain. And it's a little silly but it's not, you know? <laughs> Thank you. And Connie, I appreciate you. It's been such a wonderful talk. And I hope everyone now understands their caveman brain. They harness their caveman brain and they teach everybody else about caveman brain because we've got to stop 
this nonsense. Got to stop the madness, right? We're going to stop the roller coaster here. Um, thank mm-hmm. you again, Jean. Truly a delight. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together. No matter where you are in your sales game or your business game or your career game, wherever it might be, um, we are all responsible for sales in some way, whether we're supporting or we are the salesperson or the team leader. Um, this is important. This is a big responsibility. Our job to provide those solutions. People need our solutions. Step into your greatness. Control that caveman brain man, because we really do have the opportunity to take control of that once we understand. So I hope today's show was inspiring. I hope life-changing, and I hope a little fun um, as well. So thank you for tuning in to Changing the Sales Game with me, your host, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.com. Thank you again for tuning in. Thank you again, Gene, for sharing your brilliance. And remember, information is a beautiful thing. If you do nothing with it, it's simply information. Once you start applying it, I promise you magic happens on the back end. Growth becomes easy. Change becomes easy. Life becomes easy. So again, challenge yourself. Take the tips that Jean shared with us and have an inspired week. I will see you all next week. I love you all. Have a great one. Thanks a million for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.